right? Y'all ready? So we are going to dive into Leviticus chapter 1 in just a minute, which is uh, something that a lot of people don't do. <laughs> uh, people try to stay away from the book of Leviticus and from the book of Revelation, right? But not here, right? When you see things in that, uh, that point to Jesus, it's exciting to go into those books. And, and I, that's, that's where our life comes from, when, when something is all about Jesus. And we have the benefit now to look back into those, those Old Covenant and Old Testament stories and see Jesus and, 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 and feel life when we see him. Amen? Amen. So first I want to go back to Genesis, but let's pray before we open up. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is always true. It's always on time. Father, thank you for blessing the people that you have here this morning for this appointed time. God, that they would walk out differently than they came in, having experienced Jesus, the life giver. Father, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for removing me, Father. Thank you for speaking through me, your truth to your people. God, bless them. Bless me as I'm speaking your truth, Father. Thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for Jesus and all that he's accomplished for us. In his name we pray. Let the church say, amen. amen. All right, let's go right into Genesis. Uh, I want to talk to you about the burnt offering. The burnt offering is the first offering that we find in Leviticus chapter 1 uh, of the five uh, offerings. The burnt offering is the very first one. Um, they all represent Jesus. Like all five of them are about Jesus. It literally takes five offerings to equate to what Christ did. Amen? Amen. It's beautiful. So I want to show you the first burnt offering. Now Abel, if you remember Cain and Abel, Abel did offer up an offering. All right? and, and people will say, commentators will say that was a burnt offering. It just doesn't say burnt offering. And here I'll show you where they get that from. But anyway, uh, the first place you actually see the word burnt offering is in Genesis 8. All right. Then Noah. Oh, by the way, this is after the flood. He sent the birds out, right? One came back with a little leaf in its mouth. Seven more days, sent another one out, never came back. All right? So that's when they knew the flood was over. So Noah, the first thing Noah does, then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. So what's the result of a burnt offering? The result is God smells a soothing aroma. In the original Hebrew, it's actually a resting smell, a resting fragrance. God felt rest after the burnt offering was offered up. Amen? Uh, so there's a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of the man's heart is evil from his youth. Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. But I want you to see the result first is it's a soothing, resting aroma to God. The next thing that happens is no more curse. No more curse. Amen? While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So let me just tell you this. What's up, girl? Let me just, she caught my eye for a second. I mean, she caught my eye for the rest of my life. Anyway, back to scripture. If you see a movie that says that the planet is going to be destroyed by an asteroid, say, nope, that's a movie. The Bible says it won't happen. Amen? If you see a movie that says, oh my gosh, the earth is going to flood again. What do you say? Yes. False. Genesis 
Take them to Genesis 8, 22, right? Listen, God, listen, and I ain't trying to get political. I don't care how you feel about it. I don't care how I feel about it. The whole, listen, the winter and summer, cold and heat won't change. It just won't. How do I know that? The Bible says that. It's not me trying to be and it's take a stance. I'm telling you what the word says. And that's how we should live our life. What does the word say? In fact, he, 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 that's, that's asked quite often in scripture. What does the word say? That's what we should always ask. And here the word tells us that God won't do that again. Why? Because there was a burnt offering offered up to him. And he smelt it. It was sweet. It was sweet and it gave him rest. And therefore he took away the curse. I'm here to tell you what Christ did on the cross was the same thing. When Christ died on the cross as a burnt offering to God, the burnt offering is always Godward. Okay? Sin offering is different. Sin offering is manward. But the first thing out of God's mouth is, is the burnt offering. And Jesus was a sweet aroma to God when he died on the cross. And what did Jesus do? The Bible said, no more curse. No more curse for us. Just like in Genesis, there's no more curse because of what the burnt offering did for us. Are you with me? So, Leviticus 1.1. We're going to go right into it, okay? Verse by verse, we're going to break it down. Now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting. What is that? What's a tabernacle of meeting? That is the mercy seat. Where God spoke to him before was on Mount Sinai. Okay, a place of judgment. But now, you remember, he said, for now on, I will speak to you. I will meet with you between the cherubim at the mercy seat. So here he is at the mercy seat talking to uh, Moses now. He's not talking to him from a place of judgment, but he's talking to him from the mercy seat. Now, we know Jesus is our mercy seat. The Bible tells us that, right? That's where God meets with us. That's where God speaks to us from a place of mercy now. Amen? Amen. Love that. So the very first thing that God speaks about from the mercy seat is the work of his son. Leviticus chapter 1. You're like, wait a minute. No, those are, those are like offerings. Yes, every offering is about Jesus. The burnt, the grain, the peace, the sin, and the trespass are all about Jesus. Most people like to talk about the sin and the trespass because that's where they think that it starts and where it ends. And I'm here to tell you it starts with the burnt offering. That's why God said the burnt one first. Now, they're all different, but they all represent what Christ did. But what's the first one, man? It, what is the most important thing to God's mind? Is the work of Jesus, the burnt offering. Him being the burnt offering to God. Okay? So, did I go backwards? All right. Ephesians 5.2 says this. And walk in love, like be imitators of God, right? And walk in love as Christ also loved us. Christ loved us. Get any and giving himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for what? Right. So if we're going to imitate God, like it says in the verse before this, how do we do that? We got to see Christ as a burnt offering. That's got to be our first thing. We got to see what he did for us. We got to see, not in the sin offering, but we got to see that he gave us his righteousness when he went up to God. See, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repent. Not how bad they are. Don't be telling people how much they're a sinner and what they need to do to change. Man, tell them how good God is. That'll get them to change. And see, it's no different with the offerings. The first thing God wants you to focus on is what Christ did when he went to heaven. He became a sweet-smelling aroma to God. And therefore, he took away the curse. 
No more curse for us. People say there's a generational curse. It happened to your grandfather. It's going to happen to you. That's, that's an old covenant saying. That's not for us anymore. What my grandfather did doesn't come down on me. It's kind of unfair, too, back in the day. But God, that was the law, man. You know, if you were struggling with something and a prophet say, hey, it's because your grandfather. I'm like, I didn't even know that cat. Why, why, why am I dealing with this, right? It's not like that anymore. Christ took away the curse. There is no more generational curse. Isn't that a beautiful place to be? All right, so uh, Leviticus 1, back there again. Now, now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the livestock, of the herd, and of the flock. Why herd and of the flock? Why not a wild animal? Jesus wasn't wild. Jesus wasn't wild. It needs to be something that is stable from the herd or the flock. Amen? Amen. To say that it's a wild animal would not be a good representation of who our Jesus is, who Jesus is to us. Amen? All right. Uh, if his offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. Who's that? That's Jesus, a male without blemish. Now, you're going to see male here in the burnt offering, but in the other offerings, it's not a male, it's a female. There's a big reason why. You ever step back and go, what's up with that? No. Me neither. <laughs> Actually, I do. That's what led to all this, right? Why a male? Stop and ask, why a male, not a female? Well, you'll see. All right, he shall offer it of his own free will. That's not actually there in the original. It doesn't say uh, own free will. It's ratzon, which means to be accepted. Okay, that is a bad version of it, interpretation of it, because that says that you you have a choice. When it comes to offering a burnt offering to God to be accepted, you don't have a choice. It has to be Jesus. It has to be a burnt offering. Amen. All right. Free will at the door um, of the tabernacle meeting before the Lord. Now, this is Leviticus 1.3 in the New King James. Um, we'll get to the other one in a second. I was rushing to put my scripture in there, so bear with me. Amen. You send an email, I'm not going to read it. Suck it up. Burnt offering. Burnt offering is for God. Okay. Burnt offering means it's going toward God. The sin offering, we can't get it confused, guys. I, I got it confused all my life, and I was like, man, that's, which one is that, right? It, it, they're all about Jesus, but they're two totally separate things. The sin offering is for us. It's a female. It's a female. Female represents the bride. Jesus taking our place. Amen? Going to God. The burnt offering is for God. It's for God. It's, it's, it's God glorifying the work of his son, Jesus. That's what the burnt offering is at. We should always offer the burnt offering. Hey, do we have to keep offering sin offerings now? No. Why? Because what Jesus did was good enough. But the burnt offering is, is us reminding God of what his son did for us. Thank you for your righteousness. Thank you, Father, that I have the righteousness of Christ right now where I am. That's a burnt offering going up. And you know what that does? The result of that? It's a sweet-smelling aroma to God. He's like, you get it. You get it. Now, if you keep offering the sin offering all the time, because a lot of, listen now, a lot of people do that. They try to, to please God with what they do. 
They try to please God with their works, and it doesn't work. Amen? You don't have to offer a sin offering all the time. God doesn't want you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm such a sinner. I'm such a sinner. I, I don't deserve. I don't. God doesn't want you like that. He wants you to see yourself as he sees you. As Christ is, so are we in this world right now. Right now, you are perfect. You're as perfect as you're ever going to be in this world because he sees you covered by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. That burnt offering. All right, let's get into it a little bit more. All right, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Here's what I was talking about. In this one verse, there's two offerings. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. What offering is that? The sin offering. Here's the burnt offering. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's what the burnt offering is all about. It's about us becoming righteous because of what Christ did. Are you with me? The burnt offering is our righteousness. It's tied up in Christ going up to the Father. The sin offering is our sin going into Jesus. Does that make sense? Two different things. And, and if you know that, man, you are going to be a step ahead of that condemnation that you put in yourself. It won't be for you. Amen? Amen. you got to know that you are righteous in God's eyes. And it's not because of what you do. It's not because you're here at church. You're righteous because you've accepted the fact that Jesus died for you and rose. That gives you righteousness. Period. So don't focus on your failures. Don't focus where you fall short. Focus on the fact that the quickest way to turn around is to say, man, I am righteous in spite of what I'm doing. And that, that's not giving you a license. That's you understanding what Christ did for you. And it'll make you walk in a relationship and not checking a box by coming to church or keeping nursery. Amen? Whoo! All right. Leviticus, back to Leviticus. If this offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. Blemish? Blemish? It shall offer it of his own free will at the door. Oh, here's what I was going to tell you. So this is uh, New King James. We did burnt New King James. There it is. New Living Translation. I want you to see this. If your sacrifice for a whole burnt offering is from the herd, bring a bull without no physical defects to the entrance of the tabernacle so it will be accepted by the Lord. So the burnt offering is, is not at your free will. It's for your acceptance. Are you with me? The reason we, we offer the burnt offering is for the acceptance of us. God can accept us because we are righteous now because of what Christ did. Amen? Beautiful. Leviticus 1.4. All right. Then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. All right. The, 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 the bull's up there. The offerer puts his hand on the bull. So that. Why? What does it tell us? We put our hand on the head of the bull, and it, the bull, will be accepted as our atonement. Atonement means covering. That bull is now... We are accepted by God because the blood is taking my place and I'm accepted by God. Amen? Amen. So this is that righteousness transfer. The, bulls, the bull is, is without physical defect, right? Without blemish. Perfect. That bull, perfection goes into me. My goes into him in chapter 3 or 4. You'll see that later. My sin goes into the bull. All right. Ready? He shall kill the bull before the Lord. Who kills the bull? The priest or the offerer? The, we do. Who put Jesus on the cross, church? Our sin. 
We killed him with our sin. We put Christ on the, on the cross. Amen? All right. Uh, before the Lord, and the priest Aaron's son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around on the altar that is by the door for the tabernacle meeting. Sprinkle the blood. So we, we kill the, the bull, then, we, then the priest will sprinkle the blood. What does that mean? Sprinkle the blood all around the altar. Anybody know? It's our perfect standing, right? We can now go to the altar. That's in the tabernacle, right? We can go in now because of what Christ did for us. His perfection. We get to stand perfectly because of what Christ did for us. Our standing before God is perfect because of Christ. Are you with me? That's why the blood is sprinkled there. Okay. Um, oh, and he shall skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. Why is that important? What's, what's, what's the deal with the skin? Why would we skin the animal? It, it, there's details in every piece of this, amen? And they all point to Jesus. And, and when, you, when I ask that, you, when you're reading the scripture, you should ask yourself, what does this have to do with Jesus? And the Holy Spirit will tell you. If you ask the Lord, show me. Do you think he will? Yes. Absolutely he will. Do you remember when Adam and Eve got busted? What did they clothe themselves with? A salad. Right? What does that say? That say, God, we know we messed up, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix it. That's self-effort. How does God say you the only way you can be accepted is by what? Blood sacrifice. That's the only way sin can be taken out. So the skin, actually, if you think about it, what did God do for Adam and Eve? Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. He that the first sacrifice was by God in the garden. God killed an animal, a blood sacrifice, to cover Adam and Eve. And it was better than what they had. Jesus is better than what Adam was, amen? He's the second Adam, but he's a greater Adam. Are you with me? All right, so the tunics of skin, he clothed them. We got to understand that, oh, check this out, uh, uh, Leviticus 7, verse 8. And the priest who offers anyone's burnt offering. Who is a priest today? He's high priest. Who are the priests today? We are. We are the priests. The Bible calls us kings and priests. He's the king of kings, lord of lords, right? The high priest of the priests. We are the priests. And if we offer a burnt offering, who is Jesus, we offer Jesus up, right? That priest shall have for himself the skin of the burnt offering which he has offered. What does that mean? As priests, we we offer the burnt offering to God, a sweet-smelling aroma, and we are covered by that skin. Jesus literally covers us when we do that. He covers us. If you go out and, and, and something, and, 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 you go, and you're driving or something, and you pray for protection, you're, you're offering that burnt sacrifice, you're praying for protection, he covers you. Jesus is your covering. He's your atonement. That's what it means. Jesus is your covering. He protects you. What comes when it, co when it covers? It's your protection. It's your peace. Do you believe that, church? Amen. Are you covered by the blood? Yes. yes. Are you covered by the skin? Have you ever heard that? If we think that this, if we think, if we think, if I know, if you know 
that this is about Jesus, then it has to mean something for you today. It has to mean that that skin covers you. You remember that we're covered by the blood of Jesus. We know that. But do you know that you are also covered with a robe of righteousness? That is the skin. That is the skin. God's seeing you as righteous. Because Jesus was your burnt offering. Amen? Amen. The sons of Aaron, the priest, shall put fire on the altar and lay the wood in order on the file. Fire. Fire or file. Fire or. <laughs> what do you think of when you see fire and wood? Does that remind you of another Old Testament story? Fire and wood. Why are the priests putting fire and wood together in order to burn this, uh, this offering? Well, what it did for me was remind me of a story about Isaac. Right? So check this out. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And then he said, Look, the fire and wood and the wood. I see it. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. God provides the burnt offering. Who's that? Jesus, for God so loved the world that he gave the burnt offering. That whosoever shall believe shall not perish but have everlasting life. Because now we have the gift of righteousness. Amen? Amen. And you know what? Isaac could never be the sacrifice anyway. God would never allow that to happen. Why? He's not perfect. He's a man. In this case, a boy. He's like us. We're not perfect. We can't be the sacrifice. So God had to provide for himself a sacrifice. Jesus. So that reminded me of the wood and the fire that, that they had to put the burnt offering on, right? Back to Leviticus. The, then the priest, Aaron's son, shall lay the parts, the head, and the fat in order on, on the wood that it that is on the fire upon the altar. So the head and the fat. Now, who is the burnt offering representative of? Jesus. What does the head mean? What does the fat mean? Because there's a reason why every specific part is broken out. Amen? Do you think that's just in there by chance? That it's so detailed that, listen, it's all about Jesus. And when you see this, you have revelation. And it's beautiful. It gives life. So the head, the head, the head of, the, head of the, the sacrifice, the burnt offering is the knowledge of Jesus. No one knows God's heart better than Jesus. No one does. The, the fat is always in the Bible, it talks about the goodness, the richness. It's the best part of the cow or the bull. Amen? The, 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 the fat of the lamb also is, is the sweetest part. Okay? So the fat is the goodness, the richness, the best of Jesus. That's what we get when we offer up the burnt offering. We're reminding God that he gave us the best that heaven had to offer. Amen? He could have sent anybody, but he didn't. He chose to send Jesus, the only one that could do it, his son, right? Uh, verse 9, but he shall wash its entrails and its legs with water. That's very interesting. Three more pieces, right? Entrails, legs, water. What are the entrails? It's what's on the inside. What's on the inside? What's on the inside of Jesus? Don't think in terms of, 
of body parts here. This thing is about Jesus. We got to see it, church. We got to see it. What's on the inside? Look, the entrails, the emotions, the intentions, the feelings of Jesus, everything he had on the inside. The legs carried it out to the cross. The legs carried out all of God, all of Christ, his feelings, his emotions for you to the cross. And it was washed in water. Everything that Jesus walked out was motivated by God's word. Are you with me? So when you see this, that he shall wash its entrails, its inside. All of Jesus' emotions and feelings that are on the inside. The legs on the outside. The legs carried that out to the cross. The water is always a picture of God's word. Always a picture of God's word. Amen? Burnt. What's that? Burnt. The, the word burn here. And, uh, oh, I didn't uh, finish. The whole, the whole bowl he should carry outside the camp. Oh, wait, dang. My fingers are like fast, boy, <laughs> on this clicker. All right. And the priest shall burn all on the altar as a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to God. All right. To the Lord. So, so all that, all those parts of Jesus are burnt, and it's a sweet aroma to God, a resting aroma to God, meaning that Christ finished the work. On the seventh day, God rested. Why? Because the work was finished. And, and the Bible says that, that, that Mary walked into the tomb for the, the only time. The first time in Scripture you see angels sitting is, at the, is in the tomb where Christ laid. He was there. He's not there anymore. Why are they sitting? Because the work's finished. Christ finished it. Amen? Where is Christ right now? He's seated at the right hand of God. Why is he seated? Because the work is finished. He needs us to know it's finished. He wants us to know it's finished. He wants us to walk out the finished work. That is the burnt offering. So, the word burnt here in, in chapter 1 is different from the word burnt in chapter 4 where you see the sin offering. Do you think that's by chance? <laughs> right? You're like, man, this is all, all, all of it has to do with Christ and his finished work. So look at this. Um, burnt here is Qatar, which means to burn incense, right? To burn, uh, to arresting, arresting. I, I did have the pictures, but I wasn't able to get them in the computer, okay? Trust me. <laughs> the youth can testify. We saw this Wednesday night. Yes, amen? Ivy, say amen. You want a mic? <laughs> so, the word burnt here is a, is a, is a fragrant, right? A sweet-smelling fragrance. But check this out in Leviticus 4. But the bull's hide, now this is the sin. The bull's hide and all its flesh with its head, its legs, its intro, and its what? Now, we've, we saw that last week, right? What does that mean? Crap. Dung, right? How come that wasn't in the burnt offering? But it's found in this offering. Because he's representing us. We're the ones that have all this stuff. Amen? The burnt offering is of Christ. He didn't have that stuff. We have it. We have the dung, the crap, all the stuff that we do in this world, that we do in this world, right? That's why this sin offering has that specific word in here where the other one didn't, right? The whole bull he shall carry outside the camp. Christ was crucified outside of the gates, the walls of Jerusalem. Amen? Outside the camp, the clean place. 
where the ashes are pulled out and burn it on wood with fire where the ashes are poured out, it shall be burned. Now the word burn here is different. It's seraph, which means to burn with judgment. Think about that. The burnt offering is the word burn is a sweet aroma. The, the sin offering, the word burn, is a judgment. How many of you guys know that Christ became your judgment on the cross? As your sin offering, he became your judgment. But as the burnt offering, he was a sweet aroma to God. The Bible says in Isaiah, it pleased the Lord to put Jesus on the cross. Why in the world would it please God to put his own son, an innocent son, on the cross? Because he was paying the price because he saw you. He loves us. He loves the world that much. In fact, the Bible says he loves the world so much right now that he's no longer counting their transgressions against them. You know who's counting their transgressions against them? The church. Because all we do is judge people. God's not judging them. Go tell them how much God loves them right where they are. That'll get them to change. They want to know. Tell them about the burnt offering first. And then the sin offering will happen. We can't force the sin offering on people. Because we have sin off. We have sin, right? We, we know what we have, but they don't know about the righteousness. Everybody knows we sin. Everybody knows we fall short. And that's why people leave, because they can't do it. They just get tired of trying, amen? So they just stop. But if you tell them, stop trying and start resting, the burnt offering, resting, it sends up a restful aroma to God. Man, that's where you start. That's what they need to know, amen? Offer the burnt offering every day. Do you have to uh, offer a sin offering anymore? No, but you should offer the burnt offering every day, every day, throughout the day. When you wake up, thank you, Lord, that you have given me righteousness. Thank you, Father, that it's not about what I do. It's about what Jesus did for me. He gave me the I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Man, when you know that you're righteous by Christ, you walk with power. Because you're not condemning yourself. See, too many of us are focused on the sin part, the sin offering. I'm trying to challenge you guys, church. Focus on the burnt offering first. Understand that you are righteous. And when you are righteous, you want to know what happens? Check this out. Isaiah 54. Isaiah 53 is the sufferings of Christ. Isaiah 54 is what happened when Christ rose. Amen? Amen. People say, hey, man, Jesus was, was not the most handsome person. The Bible says he was ugly. I'm like, what? Where does it say that? Oh, Isaiah 53. He was not a man that anyone should want to look at him. I'm like, do you, do you understand? He was hanging on a cross. If you were hanging on a cross, you wouldn't be good looking either. That's the only place it says that, when he was taking our place. But the Bible says he was altogether lovely. He was beautiful. He's perfect. You try to tell God his son wasn't beautiful. That's what you're saying. Now, I understand you're doing it to try to, you know, humble yourself, man. But that is false humility. That's pride is what that is. I'll tell you. Who needs it? Anybody got a mirror? <laughs> Look what happens. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. And great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. That's what happens when you walk according to the burnt offering. You're established in righteousness. And guess what? 
all your children will be taught by the Lord. Now, would you rather the Lord teach your children or you teach your children? Or some old Sunday school teacher guy? My, old, my Sunday school teacher when I was like in fourth grade was like 94. God rest, he might still be alive, I don't know, but we could, I couldn't relate to a brother. Amen? Little kid from Southeast Gainesville, the ghetto, and a 94-year-old dude. We didn't even talk the same language. So the Lord will teach your children. How? When you're established in righteousness. Because when your children see that you are established in righteousness, guess what they get? If your children see you beating yourself up all the time, guess what they're going to do? But if they see you established in righteousness, yeah, I just messed up. That Your kids need to see you mess up. Judah sees me mess up all the time. Not all the time, but, but you know what I'm saying? He needs to know that even when I mess up, I'm not condemning myself. Instead, I'm thanking him for my burnt offering. I'm thanking him that I'm still righteous. I don't lose my righteousness because I mess up, because I didn't do anything to get it. The Bible says a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up. Doesn't say we lose our righteousness. We got to know that we're still righteous when we fall. And when you know that, your kids will see it. And you won't have to teach them that. They will see it. You shall be established. I love you shall be established, right? You shall be far from oppression. You feel oppressed? Let me tell you something. If you're established in righteousness, you won't feel oppressed. For you shall not fear. That's a good thing. You know what causes fear? Sin consciousness. The more you focus on your sin, the more you focus on your failure, it causes fear. Why did, why did Adam fear God? Because he saw he was naked. He saw his nakedness. He saw he was sinful. Before sin, he was covered. He was covered in like an orb of righteousness. It was beautiful. But when he sinned and he saw his nakedness, he got scared. Fear is a direct result from having sin consciousness. But when you have righteousness consciousness, fear is gone. The fear of the Lord is gone because you understand what Christ did. I'm not making light of my sin. I'm making much of my Savior. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. No terror shall come near you. Walk boldly in righteousness. Believe the word. Believe it. And then the last one, you drop down to verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Don't forget, the context is when you are established in righteousness. Why is a weapon prospering in some Christians' lives today? Because they're focused on their sin and not their Savior. They're not focused on their righteousness, the burnt offering. If you knew how righteous you were, you would understand that no weapon is formed against you will prosper. There are weapons formed against you. It doesn't say they won't be formed against you. There are. But are they prospering in your life, Christian? Because if they are, let me tell you this, you are sin conscious. You're focusing on the sin offering. If you focus on the burnt offering, that you are righteous, then guess what? When Satan gets in your ear and says, hey, how can you call yourself a Christian by the way you just treated that person or the way you just thought? How can you call yourself a Christian? You're like, wait a minute. I ain't calling myself a Christian. I'm calling myself righteous because that's what God says I am. And that weapon that Satan used is not prospering. 
that make sense? All right? And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. You hear me? You, you come to me after church and say, hey, you should have done this. I'm going to be like, condemn you. It means stick your tongue out. See, with your tongue. <laughs> Does not mean that. But honestly, if somebody condemns us for, for believing that we're righteous, listen, man, we don't, we don't have to worry about that when you're established in it. it, it you know why we had the breastplate of righteousness? Those arrows just bounce off, man. You got pecs like this, they're going to do it anyway. But imagine with a, with a breastplate of righteousness. Barry, why'd you roll your eyes, bro? Don't think I didn't see that. I saw that. As long as you didn't roll your eyes, that's all that matters. We're almost done. This is it right here. This is the heritage. This is our heritage. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Raise your hand if you're a servant of the Lord. Yeah, this is your inheritance. This is yours. It's given to you. This is it. And, oh, and their righteousness is from the Lord. Listen, your righteousness is not about you. It's from God. Like this whole righteousness thing being established in it, it's from God. And when you realize it's from God, it's a gift. His name is Jesus, the burnt offering. When you realize that, man, all those things come to pass. No fear, no terror. Nothing can condemn you. There is therefore now no condemnations for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, that means you're righteous. So don't just focus on the sin offering. I want you to focus on the burnt offering. Every day say, thank you, God, that, that his righteousness is on me, that I'm established in righteousness. And because I'm established in righteousness, fear must go. Fear's got to go. Condemnation's got to go. It's not for me. I'm not receiving it. I'm thanking him for the burnt offering. Hey, stand up and give Jesus a hand. When you don't know what to do, you just say, stand up, give Jesus a hand. I really, really, really appreciate you guys being patient with me this morning, getting all that stuff in there, man. Things happen, amen? And I love our church that, that, you, that you guys don't complain about that stuff. I hope you were fed this morning. I hope you understand what the burnt offering is all about. Last week, we talked about the red heifer offering, right? I hope you understand a little bit more about what Jesus is. Man, we're going to start taking these Old Testament, uh, Old Covenant, Old Testament things, sacrifices, and just start looking for Jesus as we lead up to Easter. Are you excited about that? Man, tell your, tell your friends, come on back if they want to see what the offering's all about. How many of you guys knew before this that the burnt offering was, was about his righteousness? I mean, I didn't. I didn't until I started studying this stuff, man. There's so much life in there, man. Come back, and I guarantee you this Easter season is going to be unlike anyone you've ever had before because you're going to see Christ and everything. Amen? All right. Uh, this is where I call Pastor Dwayne down to pray. Do you think I can do it? <laughs> I know I can do it. All right. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for blessing us beyond measure with your word, Father. Thank you for the people here. God, may they see Christ as their burnt offering. Bless them each and every day by reminding them how righteous they are. Their righteousness is tied up with Jesus. Their burnt offering. Father, thank you that we have no more condemnation. God, we have, we have no more guilt that we are completely accepted by you. 
because of our burnt offering, Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for the people you have in here today. May they take your word of hope, this burnt offering, God, and, and share it with people to bring life to them, to set them free, Father. Thank you for blessing them with these words to be able to use. God, thank you for giving them wisdom. Thank you for, for, for giving them peace in their mind where they would have clarity when it comes to, to remembering these verses, Lord, that they would be able to share with people and open up their eyes to what Christ has done for them. We thank you for the gift of righteousness. We don't make any apologies for it. We are so thankful that you see us as you see Jesus. And it's all because of him. Your righteousness upon us. Thank you for your great blessing, God. Bless these people in every step of their life today. Everywhere their feet go, everywhere their hands touch, everything their eyes look at, Father, brings the favor of God. Thank you for blessing them beyond measure today. Thank you for your great protection. That if Whatever tear is out there, it shall not come near me. Father, thank you for your, your, your righteousness being upon me because I'm established there. There will be no fear. We walk bravely alongside Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done for us today and all that you're going to do for us the rest of this day. God, you are always the God of much more. We anticipate much more. Thank you, Father. And let the church say, Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Thank you.